Okay, freaks, this is the guide to your psychopath. This podcast is not about me telling you how you're fucked up. I'm here to learn about your past and how it affects your decision making. I've been studying people for a long time now, but I've never asked them about how their mind goes through the process. I want to read your guide. I want to know how you think and feel. This will not be edited to take snippets out of context, but I believe everyone will benefit from hearing all of the conversation. Learning your guide will make it better for me to understand you. Welcome to the Guide to Your Psychopath. Uh, so here we are back again. Um, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July to you and everybody out there. America's birthday. Yay! One of the my least favorite holidays. Why? I can't stand the 4th of July. Why is that? It's not 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 because I'm anti-patriotic. I just don't like all these morons throwing off the fireworks like two weeks before the Fourth uh, of July, and then like four weeks after the Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, really a big thing that happens. Uh, Especially, like, uh, from where you used to live at. Oh, I think my parents' neighborhood has <laughs> has a bigger, like, fireworks display than Disneyland. <laughs> I think so. And I really believe that. Uh, but you are a big uh, person that loves animals. Yes. And fireworks affects animals a lot. Yes, my... I don't like how, because I've seen it. My mom had a psychotic dog that. <laughs> Which one? Chica. Oh. <clears throat> she, my mom would do everything for that dog. She even took her to the doctor to get like doggy Valium. <laughs> and nothing would work for that dog. We should have put her on cannabis. Not even that. My mom even went to do it and mm. nothing, nothing would work. Nothing. I remember one time I even offered to take Chico to our house because our house was a little quieter because we lived closer to the mountains. Yeah. And I remember I I took her home with me and that little turd took off. She took off for two days. Mm. And I'm like, shit, now my my mom's going to be upset, but my dad's going to be happy. (laughs) So, or most of all, my sister's going to be upset because that was like, that was like her fur daughter. Mm. And then at 11 o'clock at night, one night, I heard pounding on the, on the security door. And I'm like, and I was home alone with the boys. And I'm like, who is that? So you remember we had like that big picture window. Mm-hmm. Well, I looked out the window and I didn't see anything. And then I looked, I opened up the door because I heard it again. And I opened up the door and I didn't see anybody. Well, you couldn't really see through the screen, the security door. Right, because it was black and then it was dark. Yeah. So then I, I'm like, that's so weird. And then I swore I, I could have, I swore that house was haunted. So I thought, oh, maybe it's just the ghost getting a little more confident. So I closed the door and then the pounding started again. And this, this time I, I looked out the window and there was the nutbag. <laughs> she had returned and she came into the house like... She just came in, she just strolled into the house, drank water for like five minutes, and then she slept for like two days. Hmm. 
but she smelled like weed. <laughs> and she was filthy. Filthy. She was like a cockapoo. Uh, so she had like that curly, real curly hair. hair. Yeah, real but she was white. matted. Like she was just matted and she was filthy. She was like Snow White, but she came back like dirt, dirt color. <laughs> and I gave her back to my mom like that. <laughs> I'm like, take your daughter back. <laughs> Here, give her back. She was, she was a handful. Yeah. Yeah, she was. But for the 4th of July, I mean, I like the fact that uh, we're able to uh, celebrate and uh, show, like, get into the community thing and, you know, everybody gets together and does, uh, uh, what is that where they walk down the street? The The parade. The parade (laughs) and all that stuff, right? But really, do, like, people out here really still do that? Yeah. Or is it just, like, like what I'm trying to say is, like, do people really celebrate the reason behind 4th of July? Just, like, do people really celebrate and honor the real reason behind Christmas? Mm-hmm. Or I, is it I just... Believe, I believe out here in the Central Valley... That people do celebrate uh, the 4th of July for its intended purposes. Intended purposes just to light off illegal fireworks no, and get drunk? I, that's, not the, <laughs> that's not the only thing. I'm, I'm partial to lighting off fireworks, and yes, I'm partial to being an alcoholic. Uh, so, yes, I like that part. Yeah, your, uh, your, kid, your kid's a py- uh, pyromaniac. And he does get that from me. Yeah, okay. I I remember when he kid. I remember when he lit the the mail on fire. Well, hold on. You Inside the to, house. Inside to. the house and the only one who the only reason why we I knew is because the dog went to snitch on him. Okay, so we had an old rescued uh, boxer. Box. His name was Brutus and we our youngest child, he was real young at the time. He was like 2. The, yeah. Terrible twos? Uh, exactly. Something like that. And so he, we had a, a candle lit in the kitchen on the countertop, and he grabbed the mail and tried to cover the candle with the mail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably because he's seen you doing that with the, the top of the candle, so to turn off the candle. But I don't know. He was he just it lit on fire, and so the dog saw that, and he automatically. I don't know how. Dogs know this, but he, they know, they sense the danger in fires, they sense the dangers in, like, smoke and stuff like that, so he was... Yeah, because I was outside. You were outside in the backyard doing your gardening, and he came out... He came and he opened the door to the... Remember how he had, like, a like an enclosed sunroom? Yeah. He opened, he, like, opened the door, came running, and was, like, pushing me. And he didn't push me towards the door. He pushed me towards the window, which was the window by the kitchen that was open. Yeah. And when I walked over there, because he kept pushing me, I smelled the fire. I smelled the smoke. I'm like, but things were always catching on fire in the area because we lived by the mountains. By the mountains. Yeah. And uh, by the I, reservation, too. I'm, uh, I usually, when I cook, I kind of burned something, so it could have been my cooking at the time that you were. I don't think you were home. Yeah, I was desensitized. But yeah. But yeah, then I ran inside the house and and I saw the mail on fire. 
luckily we didn't have any like anything else that caught around, on, it, around yeah. it that caught on fire but yeah. but uh for the dogs the fourth yeah. of july for like any anybody uh animals that can uh hear uh that their hearing is very sensitive all animals hearings are sensitive and yeah you and know i just my heart goes out not only to the animals but to the people who are also affected with those loud noises that trigger memories for them. Yeah. You know? Anybody with PTSD or... Right. <clears throat> uh, even people with, like, autism and... Who are on the spectrum who don't like n- loud noises or, or, you know, that's what I think of, you know. Nah. That's the reason why... Even in the movie yesterday... We went to go see Indiana Jones. And the movie theater was like with that surround sound where the seats move, they vibrate and everything. Yeah. And I, could, I, as I'm sitting there, I'm like, I could only imagine people on the spectrum who would not, not like, would not want to be in there. I have uh, a loss of hearing, right? And so I'm kind of deaf in both ears. And um, <clears throat> I even thought, that it was kind of loud in the movie theater. I, I don't know how many times I jumped up because the noise was just a little a little overwhelming. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I like it, so uh, I kind of I deal with it. Uh, I like the, the having the barbecues and then... Um, uh, going swimming, which was I'm, I'm going to do later on today. You got uh, your bikini ready? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm a 500 pound gorilla back, gorilla silverback that uh, uh, I'm going to go swimming today. It's going to look like a beach whale. T- today's actually not that bad. It's it's 100 degrees. Well, it's supposed to be 100 degrees, but it's not like 108 like it was the other, last couple days. Yes. But, um, yeah, it's supposed to be a nice day today, but I will stay inside. You can go out and <clears throat> with your bikini in the pool, <laughs> I'll stay inside. Yeah. So. Uh, so, now that uh, we're getting into the summer, the weather this year has been kind of crazy. Uh, we had a... Enormously wet winter, uh, which was different from the past several years. Uh, but now we kind of were going to start having like the springtime. I and, it was and, cut short. <laughs> yeah, and then it just it, it started to be spring, and then it reverted back to winter. Yeah, it got cold again, and then. <clears throat> We like, had, like, one more week of spring, and then it started to warm up real bad. Right. Like, Mother Nature didn't say, well, I'm going to slowly let you guys, like, embrace the heat. <laughs> no. It was, like, 60 degrees one week, and then, boom, 110 the following day. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, we did have, like, June gloom for yep. a few weeks. We did have a lot. Yeah. I mean, it was cold that I actually wore a sweater to work and it was cold at work but then all that 
that was short-lived, and then Mother Nature said, all right, psych, it's summer, let's go, boom, 110. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be like this for two, two, three months. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but where else can you say that it's July 4th and people are skiing? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. the mountains are still covered in snow. The mountains are covered in snow. You know, people go are going up to, what, Mammoth to go skiing, and mm-hmm. they showed... Even uh, up in Big Bear. Yeah. Big Bear, Redwood, all in places up there still have snow in the mountains. I mean, not like a little bit of snow, but like a lot of snow. Yeah. And I saw a newscast yesterday where people were going down the mountain in bikinis. So <laughs> that's kind of cool to see, like, it's July and people are skiing. Yeah. But... I'm ready for summer to be over. <laughs> we just got into summer. I don't. I don't like. I, I know I sound like a Debbie Downer, but I just don't like summer. Yeah. I don't, especially up here in the armpit of California. It's not the armpit. I mean, I love the Central Valley. Uh, I think it's uh, what all towns used to be. It does. It did. Like, it did have that old town feeling when we moved up here. Yeah. But now it's just growing so fast. Yes, our our area that we're in is growing. Is really growing fast. really fast, and now it just doesn't seem feel like that hometown feel anymore. Mm. Because, I mean, our town is getting all like all the new stores, all these new restaurants. Mm-hmm. So people from the surrounding cities are coming in. Yeah, that and we have a uh, because of the. We have the Costco. We're well, the only no, Costco. Not not just because of that. I'm talking about like uh, the the prices of the homes in uh, Southern <coughs> California has driven a lot of people from Southern California. Yeah, they should stay down there. <laughs> they've uh, they've driven them north, um, and the people on the coastline have pushed east, right? And these are the people that didn't want to leave California, but they couldn't afford anything in those areas, which is sad to say. And, I mean, the inflation of the homes, if you have a home and it, the, the value of the house increases, is good. Yeah, it's but good. I mean, it's good for us, but if... If we were to sell a house, where were we going to go? <laughs> Which is going to suck, so... Yeah, that's why, you know, it's like, what do we do? Because we do want to sell this house when the time's right. Yeah, when the time's right, we want to sell this house and buy... Uh, buy our, another house. Another house. Uh, but... Obviously, with some more land that we're not uh, close to our neighbors or anything like that, so... Like, I just think, what are we going to do... In between, yeah, like between selling our house and getting another house, yeah. like what if we sell this house but we can't get another house, you know? And that's something that I think about. Like, what are we gonna do? Where are we gonna be? Yeah. So. And you I mean, always see those off uh, those um, offers that people get for uh, when they're trying to sell their house. They get offers that are contingent on them selling the other house, mm-hmm. which is. I don't. I think it's it's kind of selfish of people trying to impose your responsibility onto somebody else. But at the same time, it's 
one of those things where you're trying to plan it out so that it all falls into place at the right time. So you're moving out of one house and moving into another at the same time. Maybe we just got to be like, maybe just we just got to do what those, what people, some people do is they buy, they sell their house and they buy land, right? Mm. And then they buy like a mobile home and they put it on their land that they bought and they just live in their mobile home while their house is being built. That is a big possibility. But then, then what are you going to do with the mobile home? You can sell it. Who's going to buy it? There are people who buy it. You can, there's uh, mobile home parks that pop up all the time. And even some mobile home parks, uh, they have empty lots. So that you can uh, bring in your own mobile home to that lot. So huh. if you sell your mobile home, you can have it moved and, and taken to wherever. Yeah, it sounds like a headache. <laughs> <laughs> or you can use it as a something on your plot of land. That can be your man cave. You can go live out That's there. That's what I'm saying, though. Is that, okay, so you buy this mobile home. You set it off to an area... Okay, but we're not going to have, like, acres and acres and acres for that not to be an eyesore for me. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. I, I would, I mean, ideally, ideally, a nice five-acre lot would be nice. Yeah, like, good luck finding a five-acre spot up in California. I know, which is going to suck. So, But uh, I think uh, more... In reality purposes, I think we'll be able to find like two acres, an, a- an acre and a half or two acres that we'll be able to do something with. And right. the only possibility we can do for that is if we buy like a something we can move around, a motorhome. I wouldn't mind living out of a fifth wheel for a while. Yeah. I mean, like one of those luxury ones. <laughs> <laughs> so we can glamp, go glamping and not camping at the same time. Exactly. Where we don't have to uh, worry about the bears coming after my tortillas and pancake mix. Hey, you fed that bear well. <laughs> that bear had a It came great back for taste. seconds. Yes, it did. He's like, that, that chonchito right there, he has really good food. Yes. But... I was very grateful, though, that he wasn't an alcoholic. He left all my beer alone. Maybe he's from Utah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he's, he's a Mormon bear. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But. All right. So being here in the Central Valley, mm. uh, it's July 4th. Uh, I'm going to go swimming. You're going to. Hang around, be with the dogs, and uh, relax. Well, take some time to yourself and just... I'm going to play around with my camera. I, I got some new equipment for my camera, so I'm going to play around with it. Well, let's talk about that for a second. You as a person, we've talked about your education. Uh, and your education did include some photography classes. Which I loved. Um, I was You're, good at it. No, you were awesome because of uh, the <laughs> the field that you really liked was architecture. Architecture and landscape photography. Yes. But black and white. Yes. And I'm reading a book, right, about the biography of Frida Kahlo. Mm-hmm. And it talks about her dad who was, he was of German, he was a German and then he came, a Hungarian, and he came to Mexico his father sent him to Mexico 
and he he arrived in Mexico and he became he would sell photographic supplies, right? And as he got older, he he got contracted by the Mexican government <clears throat> to go around the Republic of Mexico and take uh, photographs of architecture, mm-hmm. of the architecture that Mexico, mostly Mexico City had. And he <clears throat> he specialized in architecture, landscape, interior design, interior photography. But when they he was asked if he would take pictures of like portraits, he said no. And when he was asked why, he's like, because you can't, what do you say? You can't make something look better that God intended to make ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, I don't know. I'm not good at, like, that was never my strong point, taking pictures of, like, portraits of people. You never like people anyways. <laughs> you're making me sound like a Debbie Downer. It's, even in class, <clears throat> when I was in school for photography, and I had to do, like, headshots mm-hmm. and portrait photography, it made me uncomfortable. Not because I was on... I don't know why it made me uncomfortable, because I was behind the camera. I wasn't in front of the camera. But I think it was the expectation that people had of how I, that I was going to make them look good. And I'm like, uh, baby girl, it's not the camera that's making you look good. It's all the airbrushing and the editing that is done. Because when they would look at the picture, I mean, the picture's giving it to you raw, right? What you see in magazines and... That's extremely that, edited. That's edited. Like, have you seen the Sports Illustrated cover of Martha Stewart? No. She's on the sports. She's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Really? In a bathing suit. What? It's heavily. Martha Stewart. Edited, right? But I was trained. I was trained and taught to edit pictures as though there's no editing, right? Yeah. You edit with the light hand to make it look as natural as possible but I think that's the whole reason why I don't like to take pictures of people is because the expectation that they have right and I don't like I don't like that feeling of people being like disappointed yeah so but even my teacher agreed that my strong points were really in architecture and I think I I really, I really gravitated towards it, to, like towards the end, um, especially when my pictures were displayed on at, at the school's art um, art building. Yeah. And my final was the doors, were the series of doors. Yeah. So. I know you. Uh, one time you, we went into the front yard and you took a picture of me, but. It Those, wasn't they were a like regular, they were like abstract. Yeah, abstract pictures of me. So it, it's like I had. They were called one minute shots. Like I had a, I had to do that whole session in one minute mm-hmm. and gather things around me to make a portrait. Whatever was like the raw stuff around you to make that portrait, and I know you were real comfortable with doing that. Right, because I was covering your face. I was covering people's faces. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so your creative side is like you have 
a lot of things going for you, but your creative side is really big. And uh, Thank you. You have a lot of support from your family uh, in being creative. And I think that's part of your hobbies because not just part of my ADHD. Yes. <laughs> not, not just you take pictures, but you also you you draw. Not like drawing, like I watercolor. You watercolor. Yes. And, uh, you do some other stuff too. You know, talking about the photography, I got into I th- last year, right? I got into sports photography. Yes, last year. And I, I actually enjoyed that because it was it's like the adrenaline rush of ooh I got to go get the shot or yeah. ooh I'm gonna get tackled <laughs> by a by sweaty hot no I can't maybe. no ew <laughs> they're high schoolers that's disgusting these uh, are big yeah I'm five ten and they made me feel like a midget yeah standing next to them but. I think it was the whole adrenaline of being out on the field and walking from one end to the other constantly all night long yeah. and just trying to get that good shot. Mm-hmm. And I think the other photographer took my, took the, the memory card that I, that I used and he was going to get some pictures and he thought, he had said, oh, I just thought you were going to do, like, maybe 100 pictures. He's like, no, you did, like, 800 pictures in one night. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing. And I'm like... then you get to pick and choose what you... And he's like, you know, there, was, there were, like, stills of the same picture. And I'm like, well, it looks like the same picture, but every, every frame is different. Yeah. Like, there could be something comp- a little different. And that changes the picture, right? Because, and I told him it's because I was trained to not just take one picture of one of that one thing. You take, especially sports photography, right? It's a fast pace moving, it's a moving object. Mm. So your finger has to stay on the shutter, right? On, on, on the button. So you're con- that once you take those pictures, it's you, that's where you hear the, that noise. So there were like, I think he said like 800 pictures from that one night. <clears throat> and he's like, you, you got a lot of good pictures. He goes, but obviously I couldn't put all 800 no. out on display. No. So, but I think this year I was a little, after leaving the program and leaving school for photography and coming up here, I was a little disappointed that the new school that I'm at doesn't have the program. So I was a little put off and I kind of like, I think you noticed too, I kind of put my camera away. Yeah. But I think too, I've, I overheard some of the kids, um, some of the players asking, well, who's going to take pictures this year? There's okay. So in the summer camps that they put around here for football players, uh, they've been asking our son a lot. Like, yeah. oh, is your mom going to go back out to take yeah. pictures? Oh, is your mom going to do this? Yeah. Oh, who's going to do the camera this year? Yeah. And a lot of them are disappointed because they know that the guy that had all the equipment and that was taking all the pictures, he's leaving. 
He might be leaving. Okay. Well, he's not going to be doing the f- pictures this year. Well, he told me different. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Oh, so there's there's a big possibility in that, and that a lot he, of them. Yeah, that he might. It's up in the air. He might not be here. Yeah. Right. Because he's like my son graduated, so there's no reason for me to be here anymore. Yeah. So now it's like, who's going to be the photographer for? Taking pictures. But a lot of them have been asking for you. A lot of the kids have been asking, asking our son, hey, is your mom going to take pictures this year? And I remember last year they'd be like, hey, Lewis's mom, can you take a picture of me? And it wasn't like just a picture of them by themselves, right? They wanted pictures with their friends, like their whole like lineman group or their whole group. The part. receivers. The receivers. The defensive and, and, uh, yeah. yeah. So it was, it's that for that, I got kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it again for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Otherwise, I think the camera would just still be in the closet. Because I got a little, I got a little like discouraged. Not discouraged, but like, not depressed either, but just kind of like, my camera isn't as good as the one that I was, that they let me borrow. But then I also have to remember, it's not about the camera. It isn't. It's about the person that knows how to use the camera. So I can take great pictures using my phone and I can take great pictures using a disposable camera or I can take great pictures using a $35,000 camera. Yeah. Right? And vice versa. My pictures could be crappy on all cameras. It doesn't matter how much I spend on it. It's the knowledge that I've been taught and trained on how to use whatever is handed to me. Your knowledge on how to use your creativity also. Right. To because. Use that. Because you have to imagine everything as a photograph. Like, everything has a potential to be a photograph. It's all in how you perceive it and how you interpret it. Yeah. So. That's one of your hobbies. <laughs> That's one of my hobbies. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not because it's my ADHD. I get, I have to constantly be doing something. Something. Like, you can never just see me sitting still. No. So, you get involved with uh, the football booster program. Mm-hmm. How do you like that? I like it. I like it. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy it. S- there's times where I've been in, in organizations like PTA or the tiger cubs when Luisito tried to be a boy scouts Mm -hmm. and karate and taekwondo and all this different stuff band and you like being involved into their lives so you try to do everything you can while they're in those programs right because that's that's what was done for me Mm. right my parents my parents always worked but somehow they always found a way to be involved in our sports or our extracurricular activities. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that was like 
something that was demonstrated to me, so I don't know any... Any different. Any different, right? There's times where I kind of, like, just step back because I feel that there's too many chiefs, right? And everybody wants to be dictating what to do, would but nobody, no, nobody wants to take. What you learned from the PT, PTSA, PTSA in <clears throat> cram. At, I mean, at the school. You can say cram. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they, they were. The, but, so those group of ladies. I'm not going to, like, I have nothing bad to say about them, right? Those group of ladies, they, it was the same group of ladies all the time. There was, before I had gotten there, there was, like, some bad stuff, blood, be, not more bad stuff between some of the moms. And then I got there, so I was, like, the new one, so I was kind of, like, let like let's try to get her on our team and I and I'm really good at picking up stuff like that and I that was kind of just like a like a big turn off like no yeah. no let me let me help and let me figure things out on my own but I'm not going to I'm not going to like gravitate towards one side because you're telling me to right let me figure you're things out you're being nice to me so I'll have to be on your side right no so <clears throat> I learned some stuff and I'm like, and eh, I don't, and I, I like the majority of the ladies, right? Some of them are still my friends. Like we still keep in contact and stuff. So, but there's, it's, it's like working in, in group projects at school. Like who likes to work in group projects at school? Nobody. At least I don't because like this year I learned that you work in a group project and you know who who the weak the weaklings are and who the strong ones are there is no equality in effort no and this person gave no effort <laughs> no effort and put more work on me and my partner and then you would try it was like like herding cats like all right let's stay on track now like dude you're 25 years old you're in college now. Get get with the program. He lacked motivation. He lacked everything. All right, so you're in the football booster, and we we were in it last year, and we were we weren't part of the board as you they would call it, but we we got suckered in we got sucked into it. <laughs> Well, you suckered me into it. I just want to tell everybody that. I just voluntold you last year, and then you went on from there. You were on the field doing chain gang, and now you're going to be serving... As a board member. Pulled pork sandwiches at football games. Yeah. You did that on your own. I didn't do that. I didn't want any part of that. <laughs> I'm just taking photos. That's it. Well, you do your part. I know how to do mine. Okay. But as far as the as part of the booster program, it does allow us to uh, be more involved in what our kids are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it like being part of the booster program. It does allow us to not just sit at home and just sit there and not do anything, watching, 
whatever TV's on. Uh, it allows me, being on the chain gang, to go out onto the field and actually see it up front, watch the game up front, right? And, and I'm sure there's studies out there, whatever, that say that when your kids see you at whatever functions they have at school or sport functions, they feel different versus the kids whose parents don't show up, right? Mm. So I've, I've seen those kids, like the look on their faces when their parents aren't there. And then I see the look on the kids' faces when their parents are there rooting for them and and yelling out their names. <clears throat> as they, they yell out as loud as I do? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, think, I think our son tries to hide from <laughs> in, of how loud you are. Yeah. But, I mean, I think later on, as they get older, they'll appreciate and remember us being at their events. How dorky we are. Uh, you no, know, don't include me in your dorkiness. You're a party of one. <laughs> no, but I, I believe it. I believe it. And mainly I've seen that uh, when I do interview, um, like even some of the homeless people that I interview, a lot of them attribute their lack of father or their lack of parents to some of the mental issues that they've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, when there's a lack of father, the mom has to do anything and everything to survive and to make her kids survive, so they do all kinds of stuff. Uh, Prostitution, uh, work in places that aren't suitable for kids, and this and that. But not all all moms do that. Not all moms do that, obviously, but uh, some do... uh, Some moms, like I know... Several moms, right? That are single moms. That are single moms. But man, there's one in particular. I don't know how she does it. Like, when when I had to do a paper on the word grit, right? Mm. Like, for some reason, she popped up into my, into my head. Yeah. Because this, this woman does it all. She's a single mom of three boys. And she works full time. She takes care. She takes care of her three kids. She took care of her dad, who had who had an illness, so she would take care of her dad until he passed away. And then she takes care of her mom, who has onset dementia. And on top of that, she takes care of her sister, who was just diagnosed with cancer. So she's taking care of her sister, who's going through chemo. And she's taking care of her mom, who, you know, is, has dementia. And she keeps her, she's trying to keep, keep a it all. clean house. She keeps a clean house. She, she cooks. She's not one of those moms that sits out like, oh, poor me, poor me. You know, I'm a single mom. No. So as long as I've known her, every, every Father's Day, I've always texted her, happy Father's Day. Because she's, she's, she's it. She's, she's, it. she's the father. She's the dad. And I remember writing a paper, and it was basically based on her on the word grit, and alongside, 
it was about her. Because, man, she, she, I give her a lot of, a lot of high fives. Yeah. There is a lot of, uh, uh, what would you say, evidence that uh, kids who do grow up with both parents at home do succeed in life better than those who don't. There's a lot of evidence on that. And I was always the one kid in my group of friends, right, who their parents were still together. Some of my some some of my friends, their parents were divorced or separated or they came from a single mom. So when they would come over to our house and they would see my mom and my dad, they'd be like, that's weird. And then when I would go over to their house, I'm like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like a feral cat. Or you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't judge, right? Like, I don't judge the kids or the parents because I don't know what their situation, what their situation is. I mean, my mom, my mom came from a single single parent household. Mm. When you talk about grit, my grandma was it too. I mean, that lady did it all. Yeah. And that was during... The racist times. Racist times. Racist times. And then they lived in Texas. Yeah. And during the times where you weren't allowed to speak Spanish or you'd get beat. So... Yeah. I mean... I, yeah. I know what that those kids go through uh, because I've been through that. My parents were never married and they didn't stay together long so I kind of bounced around from family member to family member but you know there's a lot of people that talk about that it takes a community to raise a child right Um, and my aunts and uncles they all rallied and tried to uh, help me in whatever I needed. But even in the long run, I still felt the loneliness uh, because I saw my cousins with their parents and I didn't have my parents. So it was almost kind of unbearable where even though I was older and I already knew how to deal with adversity, it it did affect me, mm-hmm. and I could feel that. But you know, that adversity, adversity, uh, I believe, made me a better person mm-hmm. now, because now I strive to be that person who. Uh, wants to make a difference in my child's life. So now I deal with your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, just kidding. Like, so I, I'm more patient in a relationship. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I want to make sure that we're not just overreacting or not doing stuff that just jeopardizes the relationship for like me mom was trying to punch that lady on saturday okay well i didn't need i didn't need to become the single father in this (laughs) 
and go to be. You just need. You just know that on my phone, our lawyer is on. Is on. Like, quick dial. Okay. Okay. Speed dial. But Surrey knows that you just need to mention his name, and she's like, "I'm on it." I just didn't want to become that single father raising the kids <clears throat> while you're in jail and I come to visit you. <laughs> I Maybe I'd put you on the list. I don't know. <laughs> so, like, talking about how you felt when you were young of not having your parents together and coming from that household, what advice would you tell your your younger self now, like, you, what would you tell your younger self right now? Like, what advice would you give? The, the advice that I would give my younger self would be everything that you're doing is working. I never knew if the decisions I was making was ever going to help me get through what I was going to get through. I... Continually, continually and constantly doubted myself and everything that was happening around me. So I never knew if it was the right thing to do, if I should have done it that way or if I should have done it a different way. Now, the way I look at it now is that if I didn't make all those decisions... I wouldn't have the beautiful family that I have now. Aww. Yes. Okay, that was sappy. Okay. <laughs> Any other questions? Yeah. Like, let's, let's, so I have a list of questions here. It'd be interesting to know your answers or what you have to say. So if someone were to give you $100, what would you spend it on? You're gross. I know what I would spend it on. Cocaine. Yeah, maybe I wouldn't be this chubby. Well, you want meth. (laughs) If I had $100, I would go spend it at at the truck stop on snacks. On lizards? No, the truck stops on snack like i would go buy snacks because the truck stops have the best snacks oh yeah yeah oh. they have the best snacks like <laughs> some people call lot lizards the best snacks. that's you you're <laughs> disgusting what would you spend a hundred dollars on if someone were to get you lizards. no seriously okay a hundred dollars you're it's a good time to keep your mouth shut <laughs> On alcohol in all actuality if i had a hundred dollars i'd probably spend it on alcohol I'm serious. You want the truthful answer, right? Well, I'm not going to give you $100. <laughs> when is a good time to keep a secret? When you work for the government. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Every other time, it doesn't work out for me. <laughs> Let's see. Um... What's the one act thing or activity that makes you feel alive? Sex. You're with your hand. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say it had to be with anybody else. Sex can be by yourself. Uh, Let's see. What is what is your favorite memory of us in the past five to ten years? Oh, 
Us as a family? Just a memory of us. It could be us, you and I, or us plus Ooh. our little the litter f- that we have. The what? <laughs> the, the litter? litter? <laughs> when we're all together, the memories we have of that is my favorite memory. Okay. The as a family, not not just you, I and the kids, when we're all together and we're enjoying the time, that's my favorite memory. It's hard it's those times are getting harder and harder. Yes, because people are trying to survive in this crazy times. Well, not just that, but the boys are getting older. Yes, and they have their own agendas. And they have their own ideas and plans and one of them just likes to do the same thing on like they didn't like the theater we were at yesterday <laughs> they wanted to be in the theater that they're that they like going to I didn't hear that no not no. the old one old no. not the old from the, the oldest the younger one I don't know his whole face can tell can, mm. I was able to tell but he's used to going to the movie... Yeah, different movie theater. A different movie theater here by the house. Mm. And that's where he thought we were going to go. Mm. So when I asked him if he wanted to go see the movie that's coming out at the end of the month, he said yes, but the one close to home. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, let me see. What's another one? What, what has been your greatest accomplishment this year? <laughs> so, this year, my greatest accomplishment. Sorry. Being able to buy my son his car. Oy. So, you bought... Okay, so you bought... A- okay, so the situation is, we have a 15-year-old... Um, he's already <clears throat> passed his 15 and a half, right? And so he's been studying to But the dude his, looks 30. He's six foot two, 250 pound football player. Solid. Solid. Uh, he works out. Not only does he go and do football practice, but he works out at the gym. And no, he's not. He doesn't not. look like Arnold Schwarzenegger at his prime, but he does look he, like he's thinning out and... Converting all that baby fat into muscle. He's and so he's solid. He's solid. And the fifteen-year-old, we've been for the last six to seven months. We were looking for a used car. Right. Uh, I told you that I didn't want to spend more than ten thousand dollars on a car so that we can buy him, so that we could. Um, he wow, could, that went out the door. Yeah. Well, all the ten thousand dollar cars. Came with 200,000 miles right. and not a reassurance of... Right, because we wanted him to be safe. Yes. And we wanted... didn't make sense to buy a car... That we had to keep spending money on. To keep spending money on. Yeah. So, but which brings me to the question of you... So at the beginning of the year, I had you write 12 things. Mm-hmm. And every day... Leading up to the new, after the new year, right? Yeah. 
So for twelve days, we wrote something down on a stick pad. No. So you or wrote tw- you wrote twelve things on a piece of paper, yeah. and you folded each thing. Of each piece of paper, you wrote something on it, and you folded it. And every day, you took one thing out, and you burned it. Oh yeah, yeah that's. Cool. And the last on the last day, that one thing you pulled it out, and you read it. Yes. And that's what was you were going to work on, and that what was going to be manifested. Yes. So you wrote twelve things. Yes. And you don't like I don't know I I don't know what you wrote. Yeah. Only you do. And twelve days, you burned one piece of paper, without opening it. Without opening it, you just burned it. Up. You just burned it. <clears throat> and on the last on the twelfth day, that one last thing. You read it, and that's what you were going to work on, mm-hmm. right? So what was the – out of all the 12 things that you wrote, the one thing that you op- – that was, you know, the piece of paper, and you opened it up, and it said, buy Lewis's car. Yeah, buy Lewis's car. And you bought it. And that's – that was my main concern going into this year – that was my main concern when I was writing down all of these 12 things. And But like you didn't like look through it and be like, no, "Oh, no. I'm going to save this piece of paper." No. no. I folded everything the same way. Mm-hmm. It was all the same color. And they were all the same color. Same pen. Same pen, same everything. And when the last one that came out was that one. Kind of like it was destiny. So do you like right now I'm reading a book about Manifestation. Manifestation. Yes. Do you believe that visualizing and being clear on what you want, not what, not just what you want, but what you de- what you desire, if you can clearly see it and f- feel it and believe it, do you think that it actually? That the you that you put it out there, and that the universe starts putting its wheels in motion for it to come true. There are a lot of components to that question. <clears throat> Do I believe in willing something into existence? Yes. Is that the only thing that happens? No. If you study and want something hard enough, and you work for something hard enough you could make that happen. Now, are there efforts to not, for you not to get that stuff done? Yes. Uh, Not just in, there's um, certain aspects of human nature that um, arise, like people being lazy or taking the easy route and stuff like that, that stop you from achieving your goals. But, there are forces in nature that to us, to you and I, look like uh, luck. The luck of the draw. Uh, and to explain what that means is why does a child who's walking down the street with their parents get struck by a car or get struck by a stray bullet? Or something like that. 
the child never did anything to manifest that that death or anything like that right so there are there are lots of things happening that we want to try to control and some of that stuff isn't in our control mm -hmm. obviously if you desire something enough where you're going to work hard for it and you're going to keep that in focus in your mind so you can achieve it the reality of that happening is greater than you sitting on the couch watching MTV or Hulu or Netflix and just waiting for it to happen so me sitting on the couch watching Netflix and Hulu waiting to get a do you watch MTV I mean Hulu but you don't watch MTV. Paramount, so Max, <laughs> Paramount, whatever. By just sitting there do, doing those activities, I'm not going to lose my chubbiness. I have to. <laughs> so, there is a magical pill out there, a magical element that'll make you do that. Yeah, but. <laughs> no, you're right. It is not. No. No. Because that was the, the one thing that, um, one of the things that I wrote down. Right. And on to, lose weight. to work on myself. Okay. Right. Like to be healthier. Okay. And out of all the 12 things, that's the paper that came out. <laughs> and I have yet to Just, work on it. Uh, but, the, but I still have Jul July, August, September, October, November. And that's. <laughs> And it's, it wasn't like a resolution. Yeah, it's not a resolution. No, they're not resolutions. It's just, it, I don't know. I, it, it's not, I don't believe that it should be, oh my God, I still have till the end of the year to accomplish this. Right. Well, you have your rest of your life to accomplish this. Right. But it's, I think you're, you're failing at this because of one thing. What? You don't put yourself in your priorities. I don't. You don't think about yourself in the least bit. Because if I do, I feel like I'm being selfish. Okay. See, that's why you're never going to accomplish that goal. Because you don't think about yourself. So, I understand that you, list, you, you see the way everything in this lifetime works is you see all this constant bombardment of, oh my God, I'm on Instagram, look at me, look at me. Mm -hmm. But a lot of teenagers see that and they want to be the same way, so they start doing the same things and blah, 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 right? So but let me it, get doesn't, it doesn't work out for them. Let me get it's one not thing. not going to work out for you. Let me get one thing straight. I'm not influenced by the things that I see on Instagram because I know stuff like that's fake. What I'm influenced by is by my lonja that gets in the way when I'm trying to bend over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but still, if you don't make yourself a priority, then you're never going to accomplish that goal. I know. I Your priorities have always been your children first, your family and the security, right? And I really think that it's your children that include your furry kids, your family that doesn't include your husband, <laughs> and everything, the security around you. Okay, so now you can include your husband, but that's because he's going to secure everything around you. But... Okay, 
the next episode of <laughs> Dr. Louie. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, you know, I... But then, but too, like, I'm, I notice that I'm not motivated. You're not motivated to make yourself a, a priority. Right, like, I'm not motivated. Like, I remember I used to go walking all the time. Now I don't even want to go walking because I'm like, what if I get kidnapped? <laughs> I need to remain. Oh I need God. to remain chubby because I'd be harder to kidnap. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm sorry to say this, but you haven't had the best influences in health. Uh, no, your, your mom is not a skinny girl. Don't get my mom. I'm just saying. Don't get my mom involved in this I because this is mom. not going to be a pretty show. I love your mom, <coughs> and she is part of the reason why I'm chubby. Uh, I love your sister, and she's a very beautiful woman. But you can't, you can't, like say you can't include my my family in this because I haven't been around them. You grew up with them. I know, but. Like I said, I used to be active. I used to, I used to work out. I used to be, be, I used to be active. I've noticed that there's maybe because I'm getting older, I'm just not motivated to do stuff. Mm. Like before, if I was bored, I'd go for a walk. And it wasn't just like a mile walk. I remember going to work and on my break, instead of going to lunch out with like friends, I would go like on a six, seven mile walk and then eat a snack and then go back to work. And now it's like, I don't want to do anything. Mm. Like I have a route that I can go walk on that I know is three, four miles. Around the house, by that you know, around here. Yeah. I don't even want to do that. Like I have a nice elliptical. I have nice workout equipment. I don't even want to use it. Like I'm not motivated. I think a lot of that has to do with your past that you cannot let go of. Of what? Of a lot of things. Of a lot of things. Have you ever let go of any part of your past? What past? I've been sheltered my whole life. Nah, you've had some traumas. <clears throat> Nobody in this lifetime has no trauma. Everybody deals with adversity. Adversity. Everybody deals with hurdles they have to accomplish. The worst thing that has ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. So can you let that go? I have. Me, I like, don't know. Like, yeah. like, maybe I like, don't know. Truly, let it go. Like, learn from it, yes, but do not let it affect your future. I married you, right? <laughs> but you know, talking about influences, you're not the best influence either. I am not. Because, because I can tell you, I can say, well, I, I want to eat oatmeal. I don't want to eat oatmeal. So now not only do I have to make the, you and the boys breakfast, but I have to make myself something different too. Because I don't want to eat something that I know is going to make my stomach hurt. 
And then you make your pucheros because I don't want to eat at the same time you do. Or I don't want to eat what you want to eat. I don't want to eat pork belly fries. So awesome. Okay. Next. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, that's not everything about you. It just could be part of the reason why. Mm-hmm. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I think she wants to end this. Thank you very much. What else? I don't know. So... Like, what are we going to do next weekend? I don't have to work next weekend. What you do don't do? have to what? I don't have to work Saturday or Sunday. Nice. I think we should take a trip to Morro Bay. I've never been there. I've never been there either. I know it's nice. I know it's beautiful. I know it's supposed to be not as hot this weekend coming up. Right. Um, I think the kids would enjoy the time away. All five of them. Five of them? Yes. Who's the other? The other three are right behind you. No, no, they're like a handful. Especially that, that, that one right there, that chubby one. <clears throat> she's The chubby one's always a handful. She's a handful. Anybody want her? <laughs> <laughs> the chubby ones are always a handful. We right. need to stick together. If we go to Morro Bay, are we going to stay down there? No, because we have to come back because our fur children are here. Oh. No. You're talking about just going there for the day. And then coming back in and the then evening. Coming back. It's either we go to Morro Bay or we go to Monterey for clam chowder mm. at the grotto. Mm. Either way, whether we go to, to San Simeon or to Monterey or to Morro Bay, it's a it's over a two-hour drive. No. Either way. How far is San Francisco from here? It's about three, three and a half hours. So, anyways, we live in an area that allows us to either go up to the mountains, right? Mm-hmm. Or go to the water. And it's well, a beautiful choice uh from the video i saw yesterday lake to larry is as much as people talk about lake to larry i it's okay yeah it's a site yeah there's a lot of water but, uh, but in reality i mean are you what what what's making it such a big deal is the fact that We've been in a drought for how long? Mm -hmm. And then we get all this massive rain. Mm -hmm. And water tends to take its route wherever, wherever it, wants. it wants, right? And Lake Tulare used to be the largest body of water. West of the Mississippi, right? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and when all this land started becoming more and more agriculture, farmers started taking more and more of the land. So they also started damming up all the rivers and right. stuff. Right. So, so that water was being backlogged. Yeah. Right. 
So water just tends to naturally take its own natural course. Lake Tulare is its own natural course. Everything in life is about balance. So... So this water... Nature will balance itself out. If it gives you years of drought, it's going to give you years of rain. But, like, all this... All this water from all the rain, it was naturally just going on its course. Mm-hmm. That it that you know, Lake Tulare, the runoff from the mountains, it was just it was starting to come and ended up where it used to be a lake. It used to have all this uh, life right, right and, inside the lake. And if you know anything about aquaponics all that minerals and vitamins and everything went into the dirt, which would, which is why the dirt was fertile. Right, and that's why there's so much there's there were so many farms up here. Yeah, and that what I'm trying to say is that the water is just going on its where where it knows to go, mm-hmm. and that's Lake Tulare. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's like Mother Nature's taking back. What was hers? Yeah, and Which is why it always happens. And all these farms are under, are underwater because it used to be Lake Tulare. So Mother Nature's just trying to take back what's hers. She's like, "Bitch, that's mine." <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, it's it's sad for the farmers because they're losing. They lost a lot. They lost their their livelihood, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> well, they say that uh, that area was one of the biggest producers of uh, tomatoes or something. I don't some kind of. I'm sure that some kind of crop that all the farmers up here move like they plant as with the season. Yeah, but I mean, even that that area is so big that it had a lot of farmers of one specific crop. And not only not only crops, but cat like dairy farmers. Yeah, dairy farmers too. Yeah. So like. These far, I feel bad, you know, for the farmers who lost their livelihood, right? And then I, I, I feel bad because Mother Nature lost what was hers, mm-hmm. and now she's trying to take back what's hers, and in a form that wasn't very, wasn't very pleasant Mm-mm. with, you know. With all this rain and runoff, and and now with all this snow that's starting to melt, is you know it's going to happen again. Yes. Because the water just runs its natural course, and it's going to go back to where Lake Tulare's at. And we've seen that uh, when we first got here, when we went up to uh, a city called Three Rivers. Mm-hmm. There's a restaurant up there. It's called the Riverview. Now. Behind the restaurant is a river. Right. And when we first came up here, it was a nice river, and there was people that were uh, whitewater rafting in that river. But over a couple years span, we've seen the water diminish in that. And uh, before all these, I think it was either the last summer or the last springtime, that uh, we went up there, and we were kind of sad that the river was just a babbling brook. Right, and the lake itself, Lake Kuia, we were able to walk. Like out to the center of it. Out to the center of the lake. Yeah, and so 
we just recently went back to that river and, and it was a raging river. It right. It was like, like crazy. Like water had made its way out into parts where water shouldn't be at. Shouldn't be at. Yeah. And it was loud and beautiful. And beautiful. <clears throat> Even powerful, in the, the lake where we were walking at just, what, two years ago. Yeah. All you can see are the tops of trees underwater. Yeah. Yeah. And it's impressive to see all that water that it took, what, 10 years for it to drain that low. And then within... A few months. A few months, it just got right, like, not... Obviously not to the top of it, but almost it 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 came. And really that's not even counting the snow that's starting being to, melted right now. Yeah, it's starting to melt. I mean, I had a friend who who made a comment that he was going to take his kids up to Three Rivers to play in the water, and that they went. And he's like, "No, <laughs> it's too crazy." Yeah. So, yeah. and that's that's. That's talking about how long ago were all these the dams breaking, and the water and the rivers were just like going crazy. Yeah. It wasn't too long ago, and it had a little time to calm down. And my my friend went, and he's like, "No, I I don't want to be on the news <laughs> that they had to rescue me. So we're just gonna go use the the pool at the gym." <laughs> <clears throat> so I don't know. I think Mother Nature needs to take back what's hers. Well, see, that's the thing, though. Is Okay, so if you include Mother Nature, why not include the native people of this land? Well, yeah, they need to take back what's theirs. And that would mean everybody that's not of that bloodline should go back? <laughs> you and I, I, I love the way we take pride in our heritage. And I would like to uh, take pride in our religion too, but here lately, I've been hearing a lot of stuff about the way our religion treated Lately, Our, well, yeah, because I was never taught this when I was a child, huh? I was never taught this stuff when I was a little kid. You know, you hear, yeah, that okay, the missionaries came and they did settlements along the river or along the coastline, and they were they had to be a little harsh on the natives because. The natives were set in their ways, and so, so they, they kind of they 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 whip some people, and so I wasn't taught that in school. I was taught that. I was taught in the fourth grade when you're doing the mission project of how great the Spanish missionaries were, and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but then when I started, you know, learning more as I got older and learning. Mm-hmm more and more about you know the California missions and the real stories behind it the real histories behind it it made me like it just angered me right that that the Spanish missionaries came into California and forced the natives 
to do things their way, mm-hmm. right? And they killed them, and they beat them, and they enslaved them, and they did all this stuff. So that's why when my when our son was doing his mission project, I I let him study what he had to study, and then I go, okay, now I'm going to teach you more. And that's why when we went to the museum, and then I when I took him down to San Diego to to actually see the mission that he was doing. And then when we went to the museum and the docent asked him if he had gone to the Presidio and if he was doing his uh, mission project, he said yes. And then when she asked, when she told him, I don't know why what possessed this older woman to think it was okay to make this comment. When she said the comment, weren't those natives just... savages (laughs) and that's that's when our son turned around and said well actually it was that father Junipero Sarah whatever his name was that was an evil man because he beat he beat the natives and he did not so nice things to them and when I took when I took my son and the lady almost had a heart attack because he had said that she asked him, well, who on earth told you all that stuff? And he turns around, he goes, my mom. <laughs> and I'm like, that's my boy. But I remember when I took him to, to the mission of San Diego de la Alcala, to walk, and we were walking around the grounds, and he saw all these um, abalone shells. And he's like, mom, what are all those shells for? And I go, those are all the shells that <clears throat> that represent the natives who are buried. Like, they won't even put a cross. The only crosses you'll see are on the priests. But you won't see a cross on the natives. You'll just see them buried. And if even, even if they have a shell, you're, that's, you know, that's, wow, they're, that's, you know, they're acknowledging them. But they don't. They're like mass, like they were just put in a pit. They weren't really laid down to rest. Like the missionaries weren't that nice. No. So that's when, like when I got into college and I started going, doing history classes and, and I started bringing up the question, like, why weren't we taught this in school? Like, Schools already have their agendas. Like they only want you to learn what they think you should learn. You should know. <laughs> but that's uh, one of the things that uh, you know we we have conflicts about. Is we grew up Catholic, and we grew up where um, we don't challenge our religion we don't allow that stuff to interfere with you don't whatever. you don't question it because it's disrespectful yeah but when you're not told the truth and you're just told whatever narrative that you think you should know what that other people want you to know that's when it becomes like but why why, why, do you, why don't you want me to know like, there's so much history that schools aren't teaching. 
and that they need to be taught. But yet again, there's people who are wanting to erase things of history. Mm-hmm. Like, there's things that, like, I don't know. There's bad parts of, of history that these people want to erase, and they don't want to bring it up. But it's part of, it's part of history. It's how we grew. Like, you need to, if you don't want it to happen again then you need to learn from it so it won't happen again. So you're, you know, you be the change, right? So I don't know. Like people got rid of, they made, they, they got rid of the logo on the Lando Lakes because there was a, a native on it. Or they got rid of Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima. They got rid of Uncle Ben. But there's a, there's a whole history behind the icons. Yeah. You know, like these were real people. These were real people that made a part of history. That made something of themselves. And they literally erased them. Erased their whole history. And that's a shame. Because these were real people. Yeah. And instead of honoring them, you are you forgot about them. So those people who did that, they're just as bad as a, as they're just as, I don't know. Like, They're just as bad as the Spaniards who don't want you to know about your history. I guess. I don't know. But I don't, I, I don't know. When it comes to history, I, I, I'm up in the air about parts of history that I, that I enjoy. Yeah. So. I do like reading um, a lot about uh, our ancestry and um, about stuff that the hard work that our heritage has done to to make this this land thrive so I don't I'm just I uh I think that'd be something for a different episode. <laughs> uh, I think we've said enough. I think it's a nap time. <laughs> I think it is nap time. All right. Thank you for this conversation. You're welcome. Uh, we'll pick this up later. <laughs> Happy 4th of July, everybody. Happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. Well, that's it for now. I want to be clear on something. No one person grows up the same. Everyone has their own opinion and how they come up with it. That's why I started this, so that I can understand you and your guide to your path. If we all have different strengths, then maybe, just maybe, we can learn from each other.